This is Andres from Double Tap, and you're listening to In Orbit on Mash Those Buttons. Guardian. Guardian. Welcome to In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. I'm Jorge, and I'm here with John Waldy Waldraft. Say hi, John. Hello, everybody. And I'm also here with Jarrett Redding, a.k.a. Job Blaze. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 10, the episode that Void Hunters killed with their exploits. Because they suck. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Uh, let's talk about... Our experience last week with Iron Banner, um, I know I personally had a lot of fun with it, um, but there was a lot of weird stuff going on with the drop rates. Uh, Were you guys able to get the pulse rifle? No, I didn't get anything of value. You didn't get anything of value at all? Nothing, but that's what I fully expected, because Bungie doesn't like me, I don't like them, it's kind of a mutual thing. Right at this point, <laughs> at least it feels that way. <laughs> but no, um, in all seriousness, like, I didn't get anything of value, and I played for hours. Um, I think you came in on the second half of that. Uh, yeah, because me, who was me and Sage, me Sage and uh, Diverse were playing, and we like our like just the other half of our team were being complete and other like retards. So. That's when I asked you to come in. Like, we just need one more person to help turn the tide. <laughs> and and we did. yeah, yeah, just need one more person to not be a dumbass. And uh, yeah, but yeah, I didn't get anything of value. Yeah, I mean, I, I held off on playing Iron Banner um, until I think I did play the first day just to see what was so special. Um, but I didn't really play until you invited me, which was on Thursday, I think. That was actually Saturday. Was that was my Saturday? first time playing Destiny that week, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I started playing Iron Banner a lot later on in the week just because I knew, hey, there's no point in playing it the first day unless you're crazy like this one guy who decided to get to level 5 by playing 24 hours straight on that first day to get to level 5 for some strange reason. Why would you do that? Because people are weird like that. You should know that by now. They're usually the ones that we later hear that he died. (laughs) Just in case anybody doesn't know, um, the tempered buff um, that happens with Iron Banner is now automatic. Um, And it's progressive. So the the first day would be 10%, which doesn't make any sense really why they have a tempered buff anymore. Yeah, seriously, just bake it in. Just if, if everything's already built in and it's automatic, what's the point of the buff? But that's neither here nor there. Um, the first day you would get a certain amount. Um, we'll we'll make the first day a hundred percent, but it's really ten percent times what whatever. Um, I think it was fifty per win. Um, so you would get fifty-five um, XP towards Iron Banner per win. Um, and then day two it would be twenty percent 
all the way up until uh, the multiplier goes a lot higher on Sunday and Monday. Sunday you would get double um, what you would get, and then um, mo that Monday before the reset you would get one and a half times. Um, it was 150 percent. Yeah. So I can't do math right now. I can't adult right now. But you would get a lot of experience. Um, I was able to get all three characters to level 5 on Sunday. There was really no point in doing that because once you get one character level 5, you get that uh, weapon um, since it didn't drop because of something that we'll talk about later. The only other things that you really need for that character that if you were interested anyway would be the class item and the in this this week at least it was the iron banner boots which actually had extra rocket launcher ammo um perk and the sidearm but i believe all that stuff you could get at by level four unfortunately the main way that you were supposed to get this stuff was by drops exactly and it didn't happen and apparently for the weekly update this week there was a glitch in the crucible and iron banner drop rate um a massive glitch which is why a lot of the drops for crucible lately have been a lot very underwhelming one of the best uh times in terms of drop rates that i had was during the house of wolves where i was getting a bunch of btrds i was getting the uh, spare change 25 all the time i was getting uh snipe the the one sniper rifle, I forget, the, forget what it's called. It was the low-impact one. But basically, I was getting all this stuff that even if I didn't use, I would just shard it and get the mode of light. Um, and I expected the same thing to carry over to um, the, the, the expansion, the, 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 the Taken King. And that just hasn't been the case. Uh, I've been struggling to get any real drops from Crucible. Um... Motes of light can come every so often. I rarely get strange coins now, um, but the drops really haven't been there in Crucible. I have yet to get an exotic, for, or have seen anybody get an exotic from Crucible. Um, and it appears that the big reason is that there's a massive glitch in, in the loop drop. Have you guys been seeing this uh, same thing uh, happen? Uh, uh, Waldy, I know... The, you mean not seeing it? Or not, Well, correct, not seeing <laughs> loot drop. I would say since the expansion came out, I've seen nothing but garbage drop from the Crucible, and that includes the Iron Banner. I think I saw one person get a uh, a decent weapon drop, an Iron Banner. It wasn't even an Iron Banner weapon. And I, knew, I was kind of excited because I was like, okay, great. Now, I mean, it's if you play Iron Banner, you're going to get rewarded the Iron Banner weapons. That just didn't happen. And now I'm hearing that, oh, well, it was a glitch. That's why... Uh, it didn't work, and I am getting fucking tired of these glitches and these bugs that they know exist, and they don't work tirelessly to fix them right away, especially during Iron Banner week. So obviously that was a bug, okay? Then you also had the fucking, um, the Shadow Shot bug. So rampant in Iron Banner. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it was blatantly obvious. Anytime you get hit with one, when you see the three dots on somebody, you know they're doing it. And you just see people doing it over and over and over again. And, I mean, like, when did news come out about that that that, uh, that bug? Like, Wednesday of that week? You know? I think, I think it became prevalent, 
Wednesday. Yeah, um, like Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, at but, that point. But oh, it, be, it was, I'll, I didn't mean to interrupt, it, it started happening the weekend before Iron Banner. And that's when people started rolling their eyes because they were like, Bungie's not going to be able to fix this. And then, come Iron Banner, all you just kept hearing was, pause, pause. And it, it was just ridiculous. The amount, the, there would be people posting photos of B dotted with a whole bunch of purple spots where basically that's where the shadow shot would uh, would would be at. Uh, in case people didn't know what we're talking about, which I'm pretty sure a lot of the listeners already know, there was a massive bug with shadow shot, in particular the quiver perk on it, and I forget the name of the exotic helmet. But basically having these two things together meant that you could fire... The regular quiver perk, the way it works, is you're able to fire three shadow shot bows. Arrows, I'm sorry. And with the uh, with that exotic helmet, which has nothing to do with the super, the only perk it gives you is the ability to do the roll perk, you would be able to do fire two shots, go to your options screen, get out of the options screen, and all of a sudden you have your full super and your three shots ready to go again. <laughs> So yes. it would, it, it, it's basically, think, think of it like this. Let's say that there was a perk for your golden gun where you could fire the first two shots, go to your uh, option screen, and all of a sudden you have your, your, your three shots again. And apparently the perk is also tied into something with regards to the warlock where you could actually, there's, a, there's been rumors that you could do basically infinite uh, void bombs, whatever it's called now. Nova bombs. Nova bombs, I'm sorry. There you go. I just I, I rarely see the 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 Nova Depression anymore. Or I, I, I rarely see the Nova Bomb anymore. You see people oh. floating around doing Palpatine. Right, I see nonstop Palpatines, which I actually don't have a problem with, but that's beside the point. That's because they're fucking lazy. That's why Nova <laughs> Bombs are, are going away. Like you, have, you actually have to kind of aim a Nova Bomb, mm-hmm. and you can miss one with the with the Palpatine. When you turn it on, you kill somebody if you're near them. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you, you'll you'll turn like when you turn it on somebody if you're dies and above them, they, they you're dead. If they're if they're above you, you're dead. The well, second no, they I've had people do it next to me, and I've died. Mm. I could see that. Yeah, I, I've had them do it next to me, and they, and they die. Like they'll run up to me. It's kind of like the fist of havoc almost, where they'll mm-hmm. run up to me. I'm like, ah shit, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, fl- I have to I have to float off the platform, and they just keep chasing me. Like, no, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. And I'm like, stop. Yeah. Like, but yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's like, like this, guy, this guy's not aiming down on me, and he's not trying <laughs> to take a swing at me. I know what's coming next. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah, they'll, they'll do that, and they'll just do the Palpatine. It's so much easier to kill people using that. That's, that, that's why lazy Destiny players. But I will <laughs> say this. Bungie did sort of balance it out because they didn't give it the super overshield that, for example... Um, Sunbreaker has like if you see a Palpatine from a distance, it's like okay, fine, pow, headshot, you're dead. Or right. you know, it's it's pretty easy to kill one of those warlocks compared to a Sunbreaker. It doesn't feel as broken. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say let let's go back to Iron Banner a little bit. Um, overall feelings besides the loot drop, I thought it was pretty solid. Uh, I think that. I didn't have as much lag as I normally had before. Um, it seemed pretty... F- the best thing was it wasn't nonstop blink shotgun form. 
Like, everybody was using a variety of weapons. I saw pulse rifles, lots of pulse rifles. I saw a solid amount of scout rifles. I saw a solid amount of fusion rifles. Uh, shotguns were still there. Um, and I actually didn't see as many Hawkmoons as I thought I would, considering that they really didn't get affected by the range nerf as other hand cannons. No, um, they did not. What did you guys see, Waldy? What... Uh, in, I haven't heard too much from you. Uh, what did you see in Iron Banner? Oh, I, I didn't get a whole lot of time in Iron Banner. Uh, it, oh. it did seem a lot smoother. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that was certainly um, a, a better experience for sure. Um, the pulse rifles, uh, particularly when the Iron Banner weapon uh, was uh, being made available to, to players. I was being killed a lot by that. Uh, I, I was more than anything excited to, to see new guns, uh, higher levels. There's nothing more frustrating than going into the Crucible and being killed by a weapon that you know is capped at 170 when you know that you're running around with something that's at 300 or 305. Mm -hmm. So that was nice that the, that the light levels actually mattered. But I, again, I didn't get a whole lot of time. It seemed like the gameplay was better. And I do like seeing people where, uh, using different types of weapons for once instead of just running around with Thorn as much as I was one of them. Well, you had to be, John. Yeah, yeah. You, you had, you had <laughs> oh, to accommodate yeah, the meta. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say this. There was some brave soul running around with Icebreaker and actually being very effective with it. On mm -hmm. one of the matches that I did, and I just kind of I got hit with a headshot, and I stayed there for a second, dead, pondering my fate and what just happened, and seeing another person as they walked by me just get blown to smithereens by an icebreaker. And that sucker's capped at 170, which meant that he took a massive light hit. But yeah, I think for the most part, Iron Banner was decent. Um, it's just it it really got. It, it 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 got soured because of the the drop rates and the unfortunate, um, it it, it, it that drop rate was absolutely horrendous. I, I can't well, I can't. Well, Jared Jared mentioned that uh, that he's getting sick and tired of of running into these these bugs. What bothers me is that we keep running into the same bugs. We keep running into the same glitches with whether uh, particularly with the drops that we've encountered before and i don't understand why this keeps happening why do we keep running into these situations where while into the game when, when there's especially a, a a game that has a time limit to it do we find out oh yeah there's there's a glitch to this which is very similar to the glitch that we encountered previously maybe even a couple times you would think they would have this down by now. And that's really frustrating. I have a theory, but to go into the theory would be to jump ahead. Um, but basically, I, 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 I think it's, 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 it's tied into the big issue that, that was revealed in Kotaku. Uh, and and uh, we'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and we'll, we'll, we'll skip that for right now. Mm. Um, let's just go ahead and jump into the next uh, next topic because I think we spent enough time on that one. Um, Trials of Osiris got delayed, and I don't think anybody, not too many people, had too much of a problem with that. I think the big people that that had problems with it were the streamers and 
and a lot of the the hardcore crucible players. I'm actually glad it got delayed quite a bit because I gotta be honest. One of the frustrating things that that has been happening in Destiny is trying to get the highest light possible. And I'm all for the system uh, that we have right now, the infusion system. But it right now, it doesn't feel like the drop rates are accommodating that infusion system properly. And what I mean by that is, jumping ahead a little bit, uh, and jumping out off topic a little bit, the raid is dropping items from 300 to 310. That's fine. Problem is, I'm getting a lot of duplicates, and I'm getting a lot of low-level duplicates. Um, for example, I go into the raid, I've gotten tons of 300 Midna's Reckoning, which is a fusion rifle that you get from the chest before the war... I think you can also get it from the war priest. But the, I know you can get it from the chest before the war priest in the raid. A 300 fusion rifle does nothing to help me get to 310. Or what will be now the, the new max, 320. That's frustrating to know that I got a weapon that I can't do anything with. I can help get a certain weapon to 300, and that's fine. But when I don't get weapons that, that are, or armor that help boost me to basically do some of these end game activities, it really stinks, especially right now with the hard mode raid. I'm not going to go too deep into the hard mode raid, but it's a recommended light of 310. And then for the Oryx fight, it's 320. And you can get hard checked really, really bad if you don't have uh, armor and weapons that'll get you to a higher level. Um, and when we're with with regards to trials of Osiris, this is also an uh, uh, an activity that light does matter, kind of like Iron Banner. Um, if you run into a group that has that higher light because they were more fortunate, then what's this not, what's to say that it's not basically the year two version of Forever Twenty Nine or Forever Twenty Eight because you can't get those boots or can't get what whatnot. And they were making a big deal about, oh, we don't want people to experience Forever 29. Well, stop giving me stupid loot that won't, that won't advance me. Give me stuff that'll actually matter, that'll actually push me over the edge to, to get to that max level. Um, and if I were to run into Trials of Osiris, let's say I, I'm, I'm being stuck in between 300 and 310, and somebody was fortunate enough to get a whole bunch of drops, and they're, you know, 315 to 320, I'm at a significant disadvantage where they can easily two-burst burst shoot me, and I have to hit them with four bursts with my pulse rifle. Um, that doesn't make for a, a, a fair experience. Uh, have, you, have you guys been struggling with your lights, uh, light levels lately? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of the... One of the issues, major issues I'm having with the game where it's starting to feel more like a chore than, than enjoyment. Mm -hmm. The, you don't, you, you made the game, you made changes to the game purposely to make sure that people didn't feel excluded at all. But unfortunately, because you have a random system, you're excluding people because they're unable, it's all luck of whether or not they could get the proper light system uh, or light level 
to be able to join into uh, part of the game. So what good is it is that when I receive um, certain guns at usually somewhere between 304 and 306, and the next couple times I run it, now remember, we can only run it on one character once a week, and mm-hmm. you're giving me 300, 302. Now, I know there's there's better drops, so I'm not going to waste any resources on infusing it into something else because I, I know that at some point, if I keep playing, keep playing, keep playing, keep playing, and, and I luck out, that at some point I'll get a better weapon. It, it really, it, it's... It's not fun anymore. It really isn't when you feel like, well, I just ran it again and I got all weapons and armor that is lower than I already have. Great. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like this is something that they wanted to get away from. But as long as you keep this random system that is supposedly uh, looking at what you already own to make sure that you get something of use, Maybe I think that's only a, for maybe exotics. there's still a glitch with that, and it's hard to tell. It seems like there's a glitch with everything that they're just unsure of. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a huge. I'm definitely not a huge fan of of, of the drop system as it is right now. Um, and even I don't have. Unlike I know a lot of people have a problem with with the current exotic drop system, and Waldy, you actually touched on it last uh, episode. Um, I don't have as much of a problem because I I've, I've basically been using my exotic drops as infusion fodder. The problem comes into play where again it goes back to like last year. For example, you would have the bo- you would have the arms, you would have the chest piece, you would have the helmet. Oops, you don't have the boots. Guess you're not thirty. Uh, I have on my on my Titan, three ten helmet, three ten chest piece, three ten arms. Oh, the game decided to give me three hundred two boots from from the raid. I can't get to that higher level because of those boots, and even worse, there's no at least from what I've seen, there's no exotic boot engrams so that I can let's say I get an exotic boot, I can go ahead and infuse that. At least that would be an option to get to that higher level to to perform, let's say, the hard mode raid or something like that. Right. I have no options right now, be, and except waiting for the game to gift me this, and it only drops on certain areas. And if I don't get it there, well, guess what? I have to try it with another character, and hopefully they get a higher boot so that I can transfer it over and then infuse it. It's such a cumbersome system, and I am currently not enjoying that at all. And I think. Unless they really take a hard look and change the system right now, they're going to have a lot of pissed off people. Um, The fact that the gear drops at random numbers in the raid is very frustrating. It's hard enough to get a certain type of armor piece, let alone to get an armor piece that is 310 for normal or 320 for hard. Mm -hmm. So the fact that that it got number lo- it, 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 it's so annoying and and I, I i'm at the point where i'm like look just make all the normal gear 310 all the hard gear 320 because 
it's it's not fair anymore. It, it it's 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 it. I'm gonna go ahead and, and discuss why it's not fair anymore later on, but at the at this point, it's kind of gotten really ridiculous. Um, back to the main topic: Trials of Osiris. Main reason it got delayed because of the Hunter Void bow. Um, but I really think that it, it was best that they delayed it to give people an extra week to get higher level gear so that they don't get boat raced in, 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 the, in the Trials of Osiris simply because they're not at the same level that some of these people are. Well, I mean, um, Mike, if you're, not the, if you're not at the highest levels, why would you even go in? Well, he, here's the problem. Um, let's say that I was a 310 and you were a 308. Um, if, if I if I have this understood correctly, when the guy that does that that there was a podcast on Planet Destiny, one of their side podcasts or something like that, where they actually went over um, one of the guys from Bungie went over how the light level system works. Where every two light levels, there's a reduction in damage taken and given um, by 5%. So you're going to be doing 5% less damage on me, and I would be doing 5% damage more on you. It gets even steeper at 10, uh, at 10 light, where it's like 20% per, 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 I think, two levels. Two light levels. And the problem is, if you're running into the situation like I am, um, where you're not getting that higher level light stuff to infuse or at least infuse or, or whatnot, you're not going to be able to participate in a PvP activity due to your inability to get stuff in PvE. And that's a massive... That's a that's a terrible thing for somebody that only plays PvP to 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 know that they got locked out of a PvP activity because they can't get stuff on PvP. Um and and, and, and I understand what you're talking about. It's like, well, why would you do something like that? You sh you sh you shouldn't, but at the same time when the only avenue to get this higher level light stuff is that PvE stuff, and by the way, you don't have a guaranteed shot of getting that higher level light stuff, and on top of that, when you do get it, it's a random number whether it's it's a higher level light stuff or not. Right. That, 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 that's, a, that's a huge problem. It, 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 creates the, uh, uh, it creates two things. The have and have nots, and those that have didn't earn it, they got lucky. Uh, it's not to say that they didn't earn it because they did complete the activity, but you're running in a situation like I earned my Galahorn. You got lucky. Like the, yeah, like, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. I know that when they when they redid the the loot drops, one of the big things that they were talking about was that you know it's it's going to try to be more fair, you know, as opposed to last year where it was completely random. You know, I mean, how many times did I do Vault of Glass before I got a fucking Metal Glass? Oh. You know, like, that, it, it was, you know, completely random. I mean, guess maybe basically what I was saying, you know, my thought behind the uh, Trials of Osiris is that it's like endgame activity. Once you get your, the max level, then you want to go and do stuff like Trials of Osiris, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Um, so like if you if you don't have max level stuff, I don't and, and you go into Trials of Osiris, I think I don't think you really should be complaining, to be honest. Uh, but you did bring up something that I didn't realize about the light level and how it works. So mm-hmm. you're saying that the, your overall light level, every mm-hmm. two light levels, it increases or it decreases the damage you take and increases your output damage. That's that's what you're saying. If if I'm three ten and I'm going up against somebody who's three oh eight, they're dealing five percent less damage to me, and I'm dealing five percent damage more to them. Regardless of the regardless of the armor level or, or the defense level of the armor or the attack level of the weapon, it's like a uh, buff. That, that, that's not taking into account that. Like let's say for for example, if we were both three ten, I deal five damage to you per body shot, or. I'm sorry. Let let's let's take that even. I'm doing. Let's just say 100 damage per body shot. Um, you're th- two levels lower than me. Uh, you shoot me. I'm taking 95, uh, and yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. dealing 105 to you. Well, yeah, I, I understand, but I'm saying like let's say me and you were facing each other. You're two levels higher than me. Right. We have two. We have we're using the same exact weapon with the same perks, and mm-hmm. the weapon itself is the same attack level. Mm-hmm. You would still de- deal more damage. Mm-hmm. Because your overall light level is higher. Correct. See, I think that's I didn't know that before, and that's that's I think that's slightly uh, well, that's that's bad. Like that's slightly retarded, if you ask me. Um, because you know, for example, I thought I lo- I thought the light level worked more like eye level in World of Warcraft, which is kind of like a representation of your overall power. To my knowledge. And I could be wrong, and uh, Nick from Wild Talk, he listens to this podcast, so he w- would be more than fast enough to correct me, <laughs> and I can report back to the next show. But to my knowledge, eye level doesn't actually act as a buff to your damage or defense, you know? Like, the, the, the weapons and your armor, they have defense and, and they have defense ratings and attack ratings on their own. They don't mm-hmm. need an additional buff. And I think if you did not get that additional buff, that would actually level out the playing field a bit more. Like, let's say, you know, you're, let's say you're a good FPS player. You know, you are, are good at FPS. You're good at aiming, target acquisition. You're good at movement. You're good at not getting hit. You know, having, having a... You, you may decide that you want to buff up your weapons and focus on getting your weapon strong and maybe not necessarily on your defense, but it works for you because you don't get hit all that often to begin with, which I know in destiny is a little bit harder anyway because of how the weapons work, mm-hmm. you know, but still, I think that would, that would even out a bit more. Like, you know, you have a guy who's has fucking killer aim and he has great tactics. He doesn't really get hit that much. That will level it out more than, you know, just because somebody has overall higher light level, that it also gets them an additional buff because they have a higher light level. Like that's that's not balancing at all. That's just making somebody who's already strong stronger. That's like the Call of Duty uh, method where oh you just killed five people in a row. Let's give you something to kill a whole bunch more people. <laughs> you know because obviously you need it. Well, I, I mean to be fair, Iron Banner has always and and by extension Trials of Osiris have always operated like that. Um, it's just now it's more fine. Uh, it's more minute um, and more pronounced over over and over time. The amount of damage. For example, the old Iron Banner. Um, 
it used to it not not be as as pronounced um the damage whereas in this iron banner the the the, the light level does really really does matter more in terms of over, overall damage that's not to say that a hired skill player won't win that gunfight but that being said if if Iron Banner and Trials of Osiris are not about have, you know being equal and your light level being you know the thing that that matters in terms of damage, and there's no way to change that in the game based on because of randomness, that's an unfair advantage that unfortunately you can't you you can't do anything about. Um, I, re I they sort of addressed it in the in the last update, sort of, and that guaranteed uh, addressing but they sort of did address it in the last update at least where they bumped up certain legendaries by 10 of uh, 10 points in terms of the drop and they increased certain things dropping in the nightfall for example this past nightfall i got a 307 ghost shell that gives me a uh, that points out where helium filaments are and for some strange reason it gives me glimmer from vex that's a completely weird combination because Vex do not appear on the moon where helium filaments are, and at least currently. Well, maybe they want you to have perks in two places. Right, but but for example, the one ghost shell that you get from the mission where you go to the bridge on the dreadnought, um, on the Cabal ship bridge, it it gets you glimmer from fallen, and you get uh, and it points out spin metal. That makes sense because a there's fallen on Earth. And spin metal is on Earth, so you could use it while you're there. Um, then for the the one on the hot with the hive, you get additional. It points out spin metal as well. But guess what? There is hive on Earth, and it does make sense to have spin metal available to you while you're on Earth. Um, the one the ghost shell gives you glimmer from taken, but it points out um, what is it? Worm spore. These two things, the, the ones I got, don't match up at all. And that doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, I would have thought that they would have taken more consideration as to those perks um, being together. But that's beside the point. Um, at least it gave me a 307 shell. Now, I already had a 309 shell from the raid, but I have now options with regards to shells. Um, I saw people getting 310 shells, 315 shells from the Nightfall. Um, which help boost our overall light, but this isn't a common occurrence. This is this is you know, I forget that term, but it, it's not the norm. Let's let's just put it like that. Um, so I think we already had dealt with the light level and trials of Osiris enough. Let's go ahead and move to something a little bit more interesting. Um, and I actually want your perspective on this, Jared, because I'm interested. Because um, I know that you didn't get it. Um, and that's the no time to explain quest that sent us back to the Vault of Glass. Right. Eventually in the quest line. And the reason I want to bring you in this. How is, uh, what is your thought on the current, those current exotic side quests? Because we've already, this is the third one. The very first one was Black Spindle. Where it was the daily mission, which I actually had no problem with because, hey, you complete that daily mission, you would get the black spindle. That's fine. The, the second one, the sleeper simulant, 
I had a huge problem with because of the quest line itself and um, you had to rely on randomness in order to access the second part. It wasn't something like you, you go out, oh, I go out here, I pick this up, I go out here, I pick this up. No, it just had to drop on you, um, which is the, those fusion rifles. This one, you had to have done, in order to do it that specific day anyway, you had to have done the Paradox side quest, I call it the, the Star Fox style secret ending. Um, you had to have done Paradox, completed the Star Fox style secret ending, where you collect the three ghost shells, go through the portal, kill the Minotaur uh, boss in there, and collect the Praetis ghost, to wait for this day to show up, so that you can begin the second part of the quest, which is a whole bunch of other stuff. You haven't had a chance to get all any of the three, have you? No, no. And I am really glad you brought this up. Because actually, <laughs> me <laughs> me and John were talking about this yesterday. Um, you know, I will say this for Bungie. I do like the fact that instead of making these weapons completely random, like in a raid or something like that, like the mm -hmm. Mythical Class or the Hawk Moon, you do have goals to hit. Like You have to do things to get them. There is a quest line you know, put quotes around that, to, to, to do it. Mm -hmm. That's good that they moved in that direction. However, the bad part is, wh why be so secretive about how these things work? Because that's what's hurting right now, you know? Like, if, first of all, all of these quests should be in bounties, okay? There should be somebody giving out, like, a weekly bounty or a long-term bounty you know, like, like maybe like a little quest should pop up in the tower or in the reef, and the guy's like, hey, start this quest line, do this. And you know at the end of this quest line you're going to get something good. You know, or going get, gonna to get something. But the problem is, like, you know, once by the time you heard about the no time to explain quest, the time to get what you needed to get was already gone. You know? Mm -hmm. And even the quest before that, the one we were talking about but for the... Uh, the sleeper stimulant, the time, like, you know, you had to, what did you have to get? You had to get um, those guns for the guns. The, the Devalin fusion rifle that were random. They were random, yes. But the thing about those, like, you get you get those dropped more so in, uh, in strikes. Uh, strikes, yes. So if we would have known that, if we would have had some information, you know, if, we, if Bungie would have said some shit like, hey, this is how these work. This is, you're going to, you're, they didn't have to tell us what it was, but you're going to want to get, because I think there's four different numbers. That's yeah, what I read somewhere. It's four, four fusion rifles. It's yeah. fewer four fusion rifles. You're going to want to get these four. Okay. At least that would have put us on the track to say, okay, this is important. Let's focus on this so I can get whatever the prize is at the end. Other than that, if you, like, you know. I, we didn't know anything about those fusion rifles. I just assumed they were there to help buff our um, ranking with him. Mm -hmm. So when I got I think him, everybody I got, thought that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when I got him, I got him. When I didn't, I didn't. I didn't bitch about it. I didn't try to get them. But then, if you were just ran like one of the random people who did get all four randomly, okay, now you have this other quest line that's going to lead to this supposedly awesome um, exotic quest. You know, or exotic weapon. And it was the same thing with the no time to explain. Like, I don't, they, they're, they're being too secretive about it. Just put the shit in a quest. Put the shit in a quest 
that, you know, we can follow, you know? And even if we have to do something different week for week, or even if we have to maybe wait for a certain thing to happen, at least we know what's coming, you know? When Tuesday rolls around and they're like, oh, this event's here, all the people who didn't finish, you know, who need didn't finish this part of the No Time to Explain, Exotic Bounty or Quest, it'll probably be a quest at this point, this is your time to do it. At least you can prepare and look out for it. As of now, we don't know what to look out for, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're getting, I'm getting kind of, you know, left behind here. I mean, it, for those who play Destiny every day, uh, this, I guess is, this is a great <laughs> reward for you guys. And I'm not bitching about that because I know a lot of people are like, well, you should be playing Destiny more often and, and you'd have this. But at the time, like this, this is creating the haves and have-nots. And I truly believe, mm-hmm. I do believe players that, one, that play more, two, that have higher skill levels, should be rewarded in some way. Okay? Uh, but completely cutting out people who, um, who haven't been playing, let's say, every day, I think that's, that's a bad move. Uh, they should make these quests hard enough so that the people who have the higher skill levels, who play every day, get the items faster. Because even if I had this in a quest, I, at this point, I still wouldn't have this weapon. I, I could tell you that right now. I wouldn't have the weapon, but I know about it. When I was ready, when I was ready to go through it, you know, I would. Just like um the Thorn. I think the Thorn is a perfect example of of a quest or an exotic bounty that took time takes skill but once you had it you knew what you had to do and when you were ready you did it you know how like i know people that waited weeks before they actually went into the crucible and tried to get the void bounties you know done you know you already knew what you had to do to get to the next step but now we're not even getting that i don't like the thorn is like a great example like even all, i mean almost all the exotic bounties from before were great examples of how to do a longer style quest um, that took skill, that took time, it took patience, and it, you know, and then you got a prize at the end. Why are they not following that now? Like, like, what are they doing in these meeting rooms when they're talking about this? Oh yeah, people weren't happy about the random exotics. Let's just totally trash everything we did with exotics before and come up with a brand new way to do this. Well, what about the exotic bounties? Fuck the exotic bounties. That's what's going on. It feels like. Like, I thought Exotic Bounties was a good idea. Uh, maybe they were a bit too random or, or repeating, I should say. Some, I mean, how many times did I get the Thorn Bounty after I had already gotten a Thorn? Mm-hmm. You know, I completed the Thorn Bounty three times. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't make it so that you only get it once. Yeah, well, <laughs> that could be said for a yeah, lot of I, things. I, right? yeah, I don't one. understand the idea that we're going to have certain guns but we're only going to make them available once in a while. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I don't understand like what Jarrett was saying was that why isn't it just a quest? And well, any time like, I could pop on and and decide to to eat away at it, just complete different pieces of it from time to time, and not have to. Oh my God! This week, this week is the strike. I got to do it. I got to do it this week. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I may not get another chance for another month or two months. Yeah. Well, right. Why? There's no I reason mean, for that. I, we I'm we not... keep talking about the idea that things are becoming, uh, parts of the game are becoming exclusive and due to luck, 
well, you have certain guns that it's questionable depending on the person, whether or not they're really worth it. But you can't do it unless you happen to, to luck out and, and this is the week to go and get it. Right. And that's if you can get a, a group of people together to do the strike with. I, I will say this. I'm actually okay with the Black Spindle side quest. Um, my beef with it is that it's been available, what, three times? Three? Uh, yes, three okay. times. Not one of those days was a week weekend. That's a problem. The, I, I understand having it available once a, a week is fine, or once every other week is fine, but at least make one of those days a weekend. Because there's a lot of people that they don't have time to play during the week. And it's unfair to them to not be able to get that. The quest is hard, and it should be hard. I'm completely fine with the way they did it. But the availability should be once a week, during the week, the other week, make it weekend. That way everybody has a chance of getting it. Um, and then just, I would kind of, because at this point everybody knows about it, I would kind of put a timer saying, hey, uh, available, this, this daily will be available on such and such date. You, that, it, like, the first two times... Fine, make it a secret. That way people actually have to go out there and, and look for it. But after that, kind of announce it. Kind of like a Xur thing. It's like, hey, this is the day. Go get your black spindles. Yeah. Or maybe have a character in-game say something to you about it. You know? Well, here's, here's the thing. There are actually are two different things that clue you in on... on or had clued you in, or, or are you talking about the, when it will be available? The, well, the no. Like, let's say it's available that day. Uh-huh. You know, I do agree with you. They should be saying they should be letting you know. Like you know, they should have some type of schedule of you know the dailies, especially the special dailies in particular. Well, I I, I wouldn't make every single exotic what? quest uh, like oh by the way this is it's available today. I wouldn't do that. Well, I, so, I, I absolutely wouldn't. And the reason being. It would take away from the mystique. Now, if it was, for example, a repeat one that that, for example, Black Spindle, where by this point it's no longer a special thing, a thing like it's not the you know oh it's a, it's a surprise. Then you know, if it wasn't that, then I wouldn't announce it. But because Black Spindle is already known, and it's already been out there, and it's already been the daily multiple times, I would definitely make it known as like. This will be available, I don't know, October 31st. Get your black spindles. That I would understand. But, you know, just announcing everything, you know, it's like, you might want to take a look at today's daily. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not for that. You got to leave some sort of secrets. Well, but. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. But the one thing that. I will say this Black Spindle did have breadcrumbs that let you know, hey, you might want to take a look at this mission later on. For example, when you broke down the black hammer, you would get a rune. When you look at the rune, it actually corresponded um, to certain lights that were in that that final room um, where you where you go. It, it actually had all the letters, and 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 it was basically saying it was screaming. It was like it's it's something involving this room. Be aware of this. 
And then when you did the, the that mission, if you actually went up to the door that would go towards the, 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 the catch, like, the ghost would uh, light up saying, hey, I have something to, to say about this door. Like, I, sw- I could have sworn I heard of a fallen distress signal. Hmm. You're so, like, it was giving clues, like, you're going to come back to this. You're going to come back to this in this mission. Be aware things may change later on. So there were, there were clues that, hey, this was the room. The problem I have currently, Black Spindles, I already mentioned Black Spindle. The current problem I have with the exotic system as it is right now, or for, for, for example, let's, let's talk about the big one, Sleeper Simulant. My problem was, okay, you wanted to make it so that we get the fusion rifle. I get the first one, I bring it to the, to the gunsmith. Right there, he, he should have been like, you know, this is kind of familiar. I want you to look, uh, I want you to go, uh, here's a quest. I want you to go look for three more of these. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I'm getting readings from Mars. I'm getting readings from Venus. I'm getting readings from the moon. It was like, go complete some strikes. See if you can get them from, from the, these locations. That way you have a, it's not telling you, hey, this is an exotic quest. You're just getting a quest. This is like, okay, so let me go do some strikes on Mars. Let me go do some strikes on Venus. Let me go do some strikes on the moon. All of a sudden, I get all three. I bring them back to the gunsmith. Hmm, I'm doing something with this. Go get me something from over here. It's like, okay, I'll go get him something. It's like, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to be talking to the foundries. While, while I'm talking to the foundries, go get me some stuff over here. And at the end of that line, um, you get, I don't know, We'll say 10 legendary marks. It's like, I'll let you know. And, and then he'll be like, I'll let you know when this is available. Because time locks are going to be in the game. I'm not a huge fan of the time locks. But as long as it makes sense and, it, and it's like, okay, I'll let you know when this is available, when I get further information, then you can you know look forward to it later on. And then from that point on, you're like, okay, this is going to lead to something. So you're always completing you know, quests that are leading to something in the future, but you have a path to them, and it's, the game isn't spewing out what to do, or, or, or what, the, what the end goal is, or what the, the reward is, but it's getting you to the exotic. Um, another thing that, would have, that I would personally do, that I'm surprised they haven't put into the game, there's no Zelda-like secret rooms or, or whatnot that you, you know, for example, I don't think that you could do this. Put a bomb in front, like right, right next to uh, these cracked walls and it blows up and you go into a secret room and like, oh, I got something to bring to the gunsmith or something like that. Obviously that would be kind of weird. It's like all of a sudden you got the Zelda bomb and break up, break some rocks and that would be very, very silly. And Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I kind of thought that they would have explored that a little bit more when you're on patrol, that there would be stuff that you could go into, you know, break a, a wall, break a door, go through that, like I got a key to a door, which they kind of explored in the Dreadnought with the stuff like the, the Wormsinger rune or the, the Skyburner's Passage. That was actually cool. I enjoyed that. But they didn't take it the extra step, which is what I think everybody thought that they would have done with regards to this. Um, 
and the quest just everything being behind time lock and especially there's a new there's a there's a there's a hand cannon out there the precursor to the last word it's a three week long quest if you do every step every week that's absurd to wait three weeks when you can transfer an item from your vault while you're in space while you're in the middle of the raid from earth to you it was like it was like i gotta talk to text mechanica they're gonna be delivering stuff on wednesday well, why does it take so long to, to wait till, till, till Wednesday when I can transfer something immediately to me from the moon? That doesn't make any sense. It's like, you're contradicting yourself in-game. It's kind of like when you go into the dark area and the ghost doesn't pop up to light up the wave, yet you've seen him do that in, in other parts of the story. It's stupid. I digress. Certain the, the the quests they didn't look at it right, and and I'm I'm disappointed because they did for certain quests or in the old game in the vanilla version the exotic bounties they were done well and they provided a path to get to to the to the final goal where you would get for example thorn or or what is it I forget the other ones uh, invective or or whatnot in this game it's like it's all behind time lock, and we're not, we don't know when, when, where it is. It's like, at least show it so that I pick up an item that I found in world, I take it to a vendor, the vendor gives me a quest to go look for more of these, or to do something else with this. And I think that would alleviate a lot of the issues that, that are going through right now with regards to this. Um, I just hope that future exotics like or that are time locked like this aren't as cumbersome as sleeper simulant was and to a certain extent no time to explain what yeah i, I think it'd be better if there was just more transparency and less of this hiding shit because even the stuff that you mentioned regarding uh the black spindle one you had to have a black hammer okay to break down, if you even broke it down, and two, you had to go to that door, which that door, to hear the 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 uh, the, the ghost say that, is actually quite a bit a bit of ways past where you actually need to go. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be a secret. It's not supposed to be out there for everybody to know. Right. Well, that I mean, like, so, like, I, like, Destiny is not an exploration game. Okay, so having these secrets like this, I think it's too much. Like it doesn't fit the rest uh, of the game. I I disagree with that. It, Destiny is definitely an exploration game. Where? Where Destiny do you as explore? it is now, Destiny as it is now is definitely an exploration game. It's 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 not where it needs to be in terms of exploration, but there are lots of people looking all over the place for everything. Um, they have found some some minor things. The the big stuff that that everybody expected to be there just isn't there. Um, it's just putting the pieces together that unfortunately they've misstepped on 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 quite a few, especially in terms of you no know, time to explain and uh, and sleeper simulant. I think there just I think there needs to be more transparency in general. I mean, other than that, only the hardest of the hardcore are going to find. Some of these we- are going to find some of these weapons. You know. I mean, I, I think that's what, what they want. They, they want the community to find out and to push out the information. 
my problem is with regards to if it's a multi-step thing make it a quest when you get a certain piece that doesn't give you the whole thing on how to do it but it, it kind of pinpoints you in the direction i'm getting certain readings from mars from an underground area it was like okay if it's mars underground uh, that's the buried city, the area underneath. Maybe if I go to Freehold Station, I'll find something over there. Something like that. Um, the way it is now is like, okay, I do something, it's time lock, I wait. That's not fun. That, that doesn't, that doesn't beg exploration. And I think that's where the game needs to go. Right. Um, whereas they kind of took a half step in there. They just need to go even further. I don't know. It's, it's to me, it's a, it's the same company that that has you know gave us rocket launchers with extra shank damage. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and because uh, I think we beat that one to a pulp. Let's go ahead and and go to the actual hard raid, the heroic difficulty raid that was available on Friday the twenty third, and let's talk about a couple of the changes. Well. There's not that many changes. Not as many as, as people, I guess, were kind of hoping. Um, the quick, quick note, the, the raid was beaten, the hard mode raid was beaten in an hour and 15 minutes, which, while quick, it actually isn't the record. Uh, hard Crota was actually beaten in 35 minutes the first time. That's the world's first 35 minutes beaten which completely surprises me considering that I remember Hard Crota and that was not fun because of all the glitches and, and stuff and to know that they beat it in 35 minutes whereas for me it took like 4 hours because of all the random stuff. Well that's because that, that's why Crota Hard Mode was hard because of the glitches. That's yeah, what made the, Crota Hard Mode difficult. I, I will say this, the Crota Hard Mode was still difficult Unfortunately, not by design, but by the uh, the not direct design of the raid, but the actual uh, enemies themselves, them being one level higher than you always, no matter what. Kind of a cheap way of inflating the, the difficulty instead of actually adding new mechanics. There was nothing really different about hard mode Crota compared to normal Crota, outside of a couple minor, very minor tweaks. Um, with regards to the hard mode uh, King's Fall raid the beginning part is pretty much the same the only difference is all the enemies are higher level they're 42 level but their recommended light um, is 300 at least all the way up until the war priest I believe Golgoroth or the death singers one of those two is where they shoot up to 310 but that's not a big change um, because a lot of us at this point are already around the 305 to 310 level. Um, the tomb ships, there's no longer that midpoint. So if you hate platforming, you're going to definitely hate it even more because there's no checkpoint. You have to do the, whole ent the entire thing in one, one go. There's no, it's like, okay, I, I, I hate the first three tomb ships. I'm just going to go to get to the checkpoint and I'll be fine. Nope, not anymore. You have to do the entire thing one go. The totems, they really didn't change much. Um, the only difference is every so often a yellow bar knight will spawn. But that's not a huge change. Uh, every other enemy is a red bar. 
Um, I'm actually okay with that. The War Priest got the first big change. And it's not a gigantic change in terms of, of the game, but it is noticeable. Um, if the War Priest breaks down one of when, when he activates the over... Uh, not the Oversoul. What is it called now? The Oculus. When he activates the Oculus and it breaks down one of the tablets, he absorbs the power of that tablet. And depending on what tablet, it could be either the Night Napalm Shower, the Taking Captain's Darkness Blast, which is just plain evil, or the Hobgoblin uh, Reactive Tri-Shot, which is when you shoot, um, when, you, when he gets shot or whatnot, he'll fire those three homing lasers at you. I hate that shit. Yeah, well, Warpriest got that. I hate that shit. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's up with Bungie and creating just not challenging enemies, but annoying enemies. Like that that hobgoblin, that taken hobgoblin shit is not a challenge. It's just annoying. It's just a, it's just annoying. Like why? <laughs> like why? Like they, they they made that. It goes all the way back to the flood. Like Bungie has made some of the most annoying enemies in video game history. Like they, they they mistake challenge for just being fucking annoying. But go ahead, continue. Okay, uh, Golgoroth, because uh, the Golgoroth seller that really didn't change. It's the same exact thing. Um, the Golgoroth boss battle, however, um, didn't get too many changes. The only real change, obvious, uh, before I even go any further, just so that everybody's aware. If you die during a hard mode raid, you cannot be picked up until they reach the checkpoint. So if you die during a boss battle, the only time you get revived is if they kill the boss or if they all wipe. Mm -hmm. um, with regards to the Golgoroth boss battle, um, one person who's in the pool of reclaimed light to do damage to Golgoroth will randomly get a debuff that makes them explode. Now, it doesn't kill them, but if they're standing next to people while the explosion happens, they will kill their own teammates. So they actually have to run away for them to explode so that the teammates survive, which isn't a big, huge change. Um, it's still the same. Uh, taken, uh, what is it? Taken uh, Brawl that, that charge you. I would have expected some different Taken enemies by this point, but nope. Um... The Hive Penis Jumping Puzzle is still the same. The Death Singer Sisters, the only change that occurred, besides the enemies going up in damage level, is the fact that so you do the, the mini jumping puzzle in the boss battle, you slam the light on, on the Death Singer, you do damage to her. And you know how the, the screen goes white and, uh, and while the explosion's happening? Yeah. You have to stay close to the person? As soon as it clears out immediately, you used to be, have a, a, a moment or two to gather your thoughts and get back in position. Nope. Timer starts immediately after it clears up. Uh. You have to go immediately to your positions and begin the, uh, the, the jump at, that, at, at the time that it clears up. So what we started doing was, at least yesterday, I know Waldy was a part of this, um, we started walking forward towards the middle while the explosion's happening that we can clear out all the ads and be able be able to get in better position to uh, go back to our, our respective platforms. I still think we should try it where we're in the center. That way everyone I, is, uh, is 
They know where to go, I, right in the middle. Yeah, the, they have equal I, I kind of want to try that out. What's that? I want to try that out because I don't... Well, my only problem is I don't think a lot of people have done that, and I think it's, it, it'd be right. effective. It's, um, you, you have, you see all the ads, you have, you know, plenty of time to kill all of them, and then mm-hmm. everyone can quickly go right back. They're at equal distance to where they need to be. Right. I, I definitely think that uh, I want to try that again. Now, the big change comes with Big Daddy Oryx. Because all the enemies shoot up to level 320. And this is where a lot of people are having problems um, where they're getting hard capped. Which goes back to what I was talking about before with regard during the Trials of Osiris and the Iron Banner stuff. Where we're just not getting gear that lets us get to that, that high enough level to survive that or to do damage. What I mean by that is um, during the fight it's the same. It's pretty much the same exact fight. Obviously, you cannot die. But in addition to the yellow bar um, light eater ogres, you have red bar light eater eater knights that show up. And yes, they're red bar, and and that's fine. But at this point, you've already poured a whole bunch of ammo into the ogre. You're gonna have to take out these knights real quick. Doing this while on the platform. If you don't have enough, if you're not doing enough damage, that means you have to pour more ammo, which means you're going to have less ammo to, do, to use on the knight, which means that you're going to have less ammo to use on ogre, uh, on oryx, which makes that battle, you know, a little bit tougher. You kind of want to get that higher armor, but the problem is because it's so random and because it doesn't drop on certain occasions, you kind of, you get hard capped. Uh, yesterday we were... When we ran the raid, I think the highest person light the highest person's light level was three ten. I was three oh nine and a couple people were three oh five and above. We got hard capped right there, no question about it. We couldn't even stagger orcs. I think we were able to stagger orcs once. Right. And that was by luck. Um but we just couldn't we just either couldn't do enough damage to Oryx or we couldn't kill all the yellow, or we couldn't kill the ogres in time, we couldn't kill the knights in time, there was just so much going on where we just couldn't do enough damage to kill stuff that we got hard capped right there, we couldn't do anything. And that was a little frustrating. Um, knowing that because you didn't get a good enough drop early on in the raid, you couldn't do the, uh, you couldn't beat the last boss battle. And Again, I keep going back to that. Bungie needs to fix that loot drop system at a certain point. You can't, you just can't do that to people where they're they're randomly. You're putting RNG in RNG, and that's not good. Right. Right. And I, there's no other way I can I can I can I can keep saying that. It's just it's really really frustrating. I you know I wouldn't oh. mind, and I don't know whether or not this would help at all. But to be in a group of people and see someone get the same drop as you and yet get a, a higher light value, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Why should someone else in the group get a higher light than you when it's the same exact weapon if you both accomplish the same thing? Um, I, I, I wonder whether or not it'd be better 
if they were to base it off of performance. No, like my my whole beef, as I mentioned, is there's no point at this at this point there's no reason to have all the armor drop at random numbers. It should almost be guaranteed three ten because you only have a certain amount of chance of getting it. On top of that, okay, so you have the randomness of whether or not you get the armor piece. You have the randomness whether or not that armor piece is 310 or lower. You have the randomness of whether or not it's discipline or intellect. You have the randomness of whether or not that armor piece has, I don't know, um, extra reload for pulse rifles or extra reload for shotguns or extra... Like, how many mo more randomness are we going to add to these pieces of armor and gear and weapons... That at, 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 at some point, Bungie's just going to have to be like, you know what? This is too much. I didn't have a problem with different armor pieces having intellect and discipline. I didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with different armor pieces having um, certain perks. But, uh, but when it's all tied into that number, whether or not you can complete it, at some point you just have to be like, you know what? This might be too much. Because, mm. like, like I mentioned, it's RNG in RNG in more RNG with a little bit of RNG on the side. Yeah, yeah. Like at at some point, even exhibits like I had enough. Yeah, I don't know who thinks that shit's fun. Like the complete <laughs> randomness. Like when you like with every other MMO, like there is some randomness. There is some a percentage of a drop. But it's not so random. And Bungie did, you know, tighten it up a little bit. But we're still saying, like, you know, like, like John said, like, why is he getting a, a weapon, same weapon as somebody else, but with a different light level? Like, why is this happening? It's, it's just too random. I don't even know how you can walk away from a, uh, from a meeting thinking, like, okay, this is the direction we're going to go in. It should be fun. No. No. And it's not like they get money based on how long players play. Like, I would expect World of Warcraft or some other, you know, pay, you know, pay monthly MMO to want it to be random because then the players will play for longer and they'll give more money, but, you know, Destiny is not like that. They should be focusing on having the game, making sure it has a long tail, making sure that players have fun with it rather than keeping players playing. Just, and, you know, and, well, it's not necessarily instead of keeping players playing because that should be a priority, but dragging players along because everything is so random. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, so, uh, so hard mode really didn't change too much. Like I mentioned, um, it's just you get hard capped at orcs if you're not high enough. If you if you have teams, if you have players on your team at this point at at this point in the game at this stage of the game anyway. You have anybody less than, I want to say, 308 at the Oryx fight, you're going to have a tough time, or that person's going to have a tough time surviving because everything in the room is at least 320, and you're going to get either blown up really easily or you're not going to be able to do enough damage to certain enemies fast enough because of the sequence. And that's unfortunate. Uh, I, I really hope they change that system because it's, it's really frustrating. 
Um, speaking of frustrating, not for us, but definitely for Bungie, let's go ahead and talk about the big, huge fiasco uh, that was going on in the background. And I kind of wanted your thoughts on this, Jarrett. Uh, what I mean by that is, I know game studios of all kinds go through giant uh, giant sessions where they change small portions of the game or large portions of the game. But have you personally seen any situation kind of like what happened back in 2003 with regards to Bungie? 2003 or 2013? Oh, 2013. Did I oh, yeah, he said 2003. I was like... <laughs> 2013 Bungie. I... You know, I know things like this exist. Like, they, they happen where right. studios will take, you know, they'll work up on the game up to a certain point, and then they'll take it to who they need to take it to say, hey, this is what we're looking to do. And it may get the yay, it may get the nay, you know. Uh, and then they have to kind of redo it. Actually, a perfect example of that is Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow Six Siege was supposed to be Rainbow Six Patriots. And while the tech demo, or the target video, that's very, that's very, um, that's very important to differentiate the two between tech demo and target video. Um, because a tech demo is kind of like, this is what it's going to look like. Here's how it's going to play. Um, and they focus on a small portion of the game. A target video is this is what we're looking to do. Okay? Uh, so there's a difference. So, you know, a couple years back, Rainbow Six Patriots had this target video that was, in my opinion, really phenomenal. It had a great story about domestic terrorism, uh, you know, flaring up over the country because of the economic collapse and people trying to take it out on the bankers. That was going to be the story. And uh, and the gameplay, the gameplay just showed some um, some some uh, regular, not regular Rainbow Six, but stuff you would expect to see from Rainbow Six. You know, they're reverse rappelling down the Brooklyn Bridge. They're fighting off terrorists on the Brooklyn Bridge. But then they get to the guy, and uh, they're trying to defuse the bomb. Uh, which, by the way, you start off the mission playing as the guy. They force you to walk along the Brooklyn Bridge uh, while holding a button so, uh, to not make sure that the, the bomb doesn't explode. And then it switches over to the to Rainbow Team. But when they get there, they're trying to defuse the bomb, and they're like, we can't do it. Like, what are we going to do? And the only option is to toss the guy over the Brooklyn Bridge and let him explode. And that was where the, the target video ended. And everybody was like, oh my god, this is going to be a great game. It's probably going to have a great story. Whatever. Sometime between then and now, that all changed. Whatever. I'm not, like, they're not really telling us what happened with the single-player portion of the game. But it it got scrapped because all we have is Siege, which Siege is the multiplayer. Okay, so Ubisoft apparently didn't like where Rainbow Six Patriots was going, whether it was the gameplay or the story, um, or everything. It could have been the story, and they were so attached to the story and the you know the assets and the the, the coding and everything they've done so far was so attached to the story that they couldn't restart it. So they just got they just decided to scrap the whole thing. But anyway, we got Rainbow Six Siege. Okay. The same thing happened to Bungie, but in my opinion, you know, and of course I don't know the story, the backstory of Siege, it really feels like the product we got because of it was inferior. Mm -hmm. You know, because it was only one year out. And I think that's the problem. The problem was like it was only one year out. Most of the game was already done. 
they were probably looking to do um, like uh, QA testing. Uh, let's, let's say, I think it was September, September 2013 is when all this happened. August of 2013. August of 2013. So probably, I would say, six months from August. Actually, yeah, so let's say six months from August, they will probably start QE testing, which means the bulk of the game is done. Assets are in. The game is, uh, is, is being played, and now they're just fixing stuff. You know, they're polishing the game, make sure it has AAA quality. And they were, so, they were six months away from that point, uh, pretty much. Because actually, well, the game was supposed to come out in March of 2014, right? It was supposed to come out in September of 2013. Oh, September 2013. And then it got delayed in March of 2014. To March of 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were expecting to launch. I, I, I imagine in, with the August 2013, it had already been delayed at that point to March 2014. Correct. Uh, so they were expecting to, Jesus, they were expecting to launch in March of 2014. That means four to five months before that. So still in 2013, they were probably looking to QA test soon after that. They most of the Bungie employees probably thought this game was ready to go. At that point, now I think about it, I didn't even think about that. So in 2013, we we would have started the QA testing would have began, and yeah, most of the game would have been ready to go. So basically, they told them to change everything. Well, to change the story, and at that point, that meant changing everything. That meant changing everything about the game to the point. Side note. At this point in 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 your in in your story, they still haven't created the director. And when when I say director, that's when you go to the main screen and you go into the planets to pick your 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 mission. That wasn't in the game at this point. Yeah, the game was probably more linear. Yeah. The game with the which, game. which actually ang- which is actually the thing that started change where people the the main. Big wigs at Bungie, they didn't like how linear the game was, which is why they asked for a lot of these changes. Right, right. The game probably played closer in terms of story to what we get as like like, like in Halo, right, uh, where you are a single person playing a game and your buddies can hop in and out of co-op at any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably the way it was, but I think they wanted you to have more of a feel where it's like your play your your friends aren't just popping in and out of your game, your friends are actually coming to the planet you're on. And that's probably what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. That, that, that feeling. But changing all this, because the thing about Rainbow Six Siege, I think it, they, Rainbow Six Siege had like a year or two to redevelop itself after they, 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 they cut Patriots out. Okay? Um, probably about a year. Yeah, actually more than a year, I think. Um, with this game, they didn't have that time, so now they're just shoehorning shit into the game. You know, you got plus the... on top of that. Sorry, didn't <clears throat> sorry. didn't mean to interrupt. Um, it wasn't the same situation that Bungie had with Microsoft, where Bungie could delay a game because Microsoft basically knew that they were developing the ultimate Xbox title. With Activision, they already had multiple assets that they can count on. And if Bungie kept laying, they, they would just be like, all right, you're in breach of our contract. We're done with you. Right. Yes, this is true. Their relationship with Microsoft is very different than their relationship with Activision. Yeah, but the, the, you, could, this, you could just see how the story suffered so much. Because, you know, for the March of 2013, like even in August when the story got poo-pooed, they still had to prepare for a March of 2014 release. Mm-hmm. You know? 
So the writers are working. They're trying to put shit together. Uh, they're reusing assets. They're reusing characters. They're reusing scenes. You know, and they 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 all have they all have they have to do this in all in such a short time. Honestly, the delay from March to September was probably all QA. It was probably just all quality assurance, making sure that the game uh, was polished enough. Because th- for the most part, Bungie is a bug is not that buggy of a game. You know, Destiny mean Destiny. Sorry, <laughs> it's not that. Especially when it came out, it wasn't all that buggy. Um, we do have some major bugs that we come across when we just dis- discussed two earlier in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it was the, 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 the appeal of Destiny, besides showing one-fourth of the game to us in beta that we didn't know about, <laughs> but the appeal was how good the game feels to play as a shooter. I'm mm-hmm. a console, I'm, I'm a PC player, a PC FPS player, and I would be amiss I would be lying if I didn't say Destiny was probably the best feeling first-person shooter that I have ever played on console in terms of controls, mm-hmm. because it definitely is. Um, but you know, satisfying. Very to shoot something in the head. Yes, it, it is very. It's satisfying and it, it's a. It has a very good feel to it, and they did a great job with that. But I feel like because of this major change, it really felt like they shoehorned the rest of the you know the rest of the elements together because they were promising this epic game become legend you know strength of the pack is the wolf strength of the wolf is the pack all that bullshit you know that they have that they had going on and story drives that story drives epic gameplay okay so for them to change the story is going to change how the game plays itself mm-hmm. you know there's probably moments that were where like we're we're planning to have this huge buildup, and then, you know, you have to fight this person, and I, I think we're we're missing that. I'm- well, so so that we can give some clarity to people who are listening who don't know, basically what was supposed to happen was every character um, would have their own opening. An EXO would have their own story. A human would have their own story. And the warlock would have. Uh, I'm sorry. What is it? Human, exo, and awoken. Awoken, yeah. Um, each one of them would would come out have from from different locations. For example, the exo, uh, the main one where every everything starts, vanilla destiny beginning. That was actually the exo storyline. Uh, the warlock was supposed to be, I think, on Venus. I can't remember Venus or Mars. I can't remember. And the human was supposed to be uh, somewhere else. Uh, the, um, the, the Awoken was actually supposed to be from the Reef, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, everything leading up to that, the beginning part would, would be played by the, by the individual. Then they would meet up at the tower, and then from there would be kind of similar, kind of like what's going on right now, where at the beginning of, of Taken King, where you have that one story-specific mission, or your character, based on whether they're a warlock, titan, or hunter, mm-hmm. it would kind of play out similar, except it'd be longer. Every mission was going to have its own introduction and its own end uh, ending, cinematic with 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 spoken words and inter- interaction. So again, as Jarrett mentioned, it was supposed to be more Halo-like, and the story missions were going to be way larger. And it was it from what I I can gather it wasn't supposed to be a connected world where you could go on patrol in the cosmodrome no like you would have a mission you do that mission 
and then that would be it. You wouldn't go back to that area. You would go to a different area. It's fine if that's the direction that they wanted to go, but all the, at least from from management and from what they were portraying, they wanted to be, they wanted Destiny to be this open world, you know, expansive thing, not Halo. And based on the main story guy and the direction that they were showing, it seemed like they were going, they were falling back to Halo. So was, I'm sure the the problem was Bungie management wasn't carefully overseeing what was going on. And because they weren't carefully overseeing what was going on and putting too much trust in, in these people, they ran into a situation a month before release where they were just like, oh my god, we have to delay this. This thing sucks. That's pretty much what they said because the original storyline was... You go. You start on Earth or or wherever you do. You go to, to different planets. From from there, you can choose where which planet you want to go to, and it all ends not where it ends right now, which is the Black Garden. It actually ends in the Dreadnought. We were supposed to go to the Dreadnought Hive ship at the end of Vanilla Destiny. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, the main storyline was going to focus on Rasputin, which is why you hear a lot about Rasputin while you're on Earth. And then all of a sudden, they don't go into Rasputin at all until you do that one random mission on Mars, where all of a sudden they do talk about Rasputin being on Mars now. Um, he, Rasputin was actually supposed to be an EXO. In fact, you actually see an image of him when you're doing the loading screens or when you go into Bungie.net. He's that bloody-looking EXO with the gun on the side where he's sitting down. You're supposed to rescue Rasputin from the hive. Um... They changed all that. Everything about it. You were supposed to meet um, Osiris. They mentioned Osiris in the vanilla game. They mentioned Osiris in the Trials of Osiris. That's all gone. The Stranger was supposed to be Osiris's assistant. That's all gone. So they took all these assets for a story that was supposed to happen, completely reworked the story. Only problem is the story was nonsense because... All these different characters were talking about things that were supposed to happen. So they changed the meaning of everything that was supposed to happen. And we're left with a shell of what it was supposed to be. And now we got a story just getting kind of focusing now. And kind of um, getting to where it was supposed to be uh, back in year one. And it was all... I, I, I honestly blame... Bungie upper management for not focusing and, and helping out when needed and, and kind of jumping in there and being like, look, I got to jump in here and, and, and I got to change this. Like You cannot leave a game that far into development to kind of languish and, and kind of be done and then all of a sudden you decide, nope, I'm scrapping all of that. On top of that, they're also struggling with the actual system itself the the engine that is so woefully oh, unoptimized that it takes eight hours to render an entire area so that you can move an item two inches to the left or two inches to the right or move this character over. That's absolutely horrible. There's, there's no reason for this stuff to have happened the way it did. And it seems like... I think Bungie got a little complacent 
with their relationship with Microsoft, knowing that Microsoft had all these great tools and great things that they could offer Bungie because they wanted these games to be the absolute best. And now that they know that they're on their own, they're struggling. And they're struggling hard. They still will be struggling because they're going to have to use the same engine for Destiny 2 or whatever they decide to go in in the future in trying to change things. Um, I know we were talking about it earlier, Jared, uh, earlier this week, where they kind of have to just jump into it and kind of have to optimize that engine as best as you can at this point and make do the best that you can because considering that this is going to be a yearly basically a yearly release with minor updates here and there kind of like DLCs you can't stop you you can't ask for extra time at this you, at this point you cannot ask for fans to wait another year for you to fix your shit to the point where it, it was supposed to be, but because of bad decisions made at the beginning, it's not. Yeah, I think one of the the engine is a, finding out about that engine was a huge like blow in my in my opinion. Like eight hours to render a, a map area, so you can make one small change. You know, mm. then you have to you know save that change. You know, re render it with the change like. That ah, I don't even know how they would think that that's acceptable on their own side. How much time did they waste with that engine? I mean, the engine has to be good for something else. Like maybe they focus on something else, like you know, enemy AI or the fact that the controls are so smooth and how you know the pathing works and the bullets work and you know the shooting mechanics, things like that. Um, but it definitely doesn't feel like it's really optimized for for rendering. Something like that, you, like you would use with the Unreal Engine. You know, what I'm saying like the Unreal Engine, the Crytek Engine, because the areas in Destiny they're large, but they're not that large. Like, you know, they 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 are big, but hey, they're not eight hours worth of loading big. I I think they were they they were hampered by two things, um, with regards to the size. Number one. They were, the entire world was larger before because they had so many more story missions that were separate and not going through the same areas. And number two, because of PS3, and the, the original game was built for the, the PS3 and Xbox 360, and when they moved it over to PS4, Knowing that they had to still cater to PS3, they couldn't make it so large that it couldn't load. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah don't, don't worry, I'm not. I, we've had a conversation about the size of the game, and in, in, in the mm -hmm. first place, I'm kind of over that at this point. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you if your target was to make you know big you know big maps in the first place, you would think rendering these large maps would be a huge you know like a huge deal, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I mean, I don't, like this isn't a technical podcast. So I really don't want to get huge into how graphic engines work, but you know, there's different ways that Crytek and Unreal and even Unity deal with having having large areas to render and how you can split them up, but still in game they be cohe like one cohesive area. Like there are ways to do that, and it, like for it to take eight hours to render one map. I don't know if Bungie's like because they built this engine from scratch. I don't know if they if they took those steps. I, I I'm curious as to what the priority 
of the engine is. I mean, on one hand, having your own engine that you build can cut, especially if you plan on having the game, you know, having the uh, the game last or the franchise last for ten years. That could, you know, be worth it in itself building your own engine. Um, whereas, you know, paying for Unreal Engine or the Crytek Engine or uh, Unity stuff like that you have to pay a licensing fee like every per every so many sales you you go up it's here so i can see why you know in in the planning phase they're like no that's going to cost too much it's not going to be worth it we'll build our own engine but now that the own, that their engine is built it's kind of like did you really save that much money because you got to pay your developers right so now it's time how much time are you wasting on this engine with this this ridiculous rendering um, to to make a small change versus what it would have cost to just use like a, like a pre built very good looking graphics engine that's got that's that's got to be frustrating I can only imagine how frustrating it is for the developers you know having a poor tool set and you're supposed to deliver this triple A legendary epic game you know that 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 says a lot you know and I think like I said I think that you know we had the, the kind of conversation off you know off podcast before where they might change the engine or they might fix the engine for Destiny 2 but i don't know i think they built the engine with in mo- like you know with the the mindset the, the mindset that this is going to last for 2 3 games then mm-hmm. we'll work on fixing it you know and i i don't know i don't know if we're going to see the changes in Destiny 2 what do you think Waldy? What do you think about all about the story in general? Not, I can't not so much believe technical stuff. that a game this big, this important, was created without any kind of levels of approval. That shows a, a complete ineptness in management. Here you have a publisher like Activision that says, "Here's five hundred million dollars to create a, a series of games over ten years." Or around that. And no one decided to read the story before a single graphic was created. No one decided to check up on on the process or how this game was coming along until a month before release in which someone said, what is this? This doesn't make sense. We don't like this. And then to start getting into that whole game of, oh, we need to ask for more time from Activision, which shows that Bungie wasn't used to uh, being set to certain time frames in order to get the work done. They sounds like they had a much longer leash with Microsoft. So <laughs> you have these people creating this game and, and no one's checking on it. This is, this is a... a a huge game, lots of money going into it. And no one was making sure that there is a quality product uh, through every part of the process. I don't know how that's possible. That's embarrassing. I, that I, I that looks really this. bad. I will say that it, 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 it's definitely a, for good or for bad. It's a product of the current environment where everything's annualized. Um, where you have to put out an, an, an annual product every year. Now, with regards to Destiny, because of the way it's... 
I don't want to say MMO, but it's basically MMO style of game. You're going to have to do semi-annual updates where throughout the year you you put in different things to change the game. Um, Bungie, I believe, was one of the... They were on the cusp of where games had... I don't want to say infinite amount of time, but a longer leash in development uh, with compared to how it is now. They were one of the last new companies to get that longer leash, and they may have gotten used to that. The only company nowadays that even doesn't care about when they release a game is Nintendo. And Valve. V- correct, Valve. Valve, well, Valve is weird. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just... They're just bonkers and weird but that's beside the point no other there's almost no other publisher no other company that operates that way where they'll they'll let something you know stay you know in in development hell for as long as it can just to get the perfect product just because they know they don't have to they can put out an inferior product on day one promise all these updates the final version of the game will come out six months later via patches and stuff, and by that time, people have already moved on to the other game, so they don't even care. And it just repeat. It, it's an endless cycle of what, what, what I just mentioned. Inferior product, patches down the line, nobody cares anymore, next game comes out, inferior product, patches down the line, repeat and rinse and repeat. That's not how a game like this should operate, considering that they're going to be playing that game all throughout the year, through different phases, through different things. And I can understand fixing bugs like, oh, there is a bug with regards to this gun. We're getting a patch out within the next two weeks to fix it, and this and that. Um, with regards to the, a game engine taking eight hours or a whole fire or a whole fire sale change to the game in terms of the story that completely changes the you know the progression and how you progress to the system. At a certain point, when you have so much invested and already had all these all these people put in all this this effort, and all these voice actors do all these different things that aren't even in the final game, you kind of have to be like, you know what? Do we really need to make these huge changes, or can we change the pacing of the story? And I believe that they would have been better suited to have changed certain aspects of the progression. Added the, 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 the director that I was talking about, where you can go from planet to planet, using different things. And just focus really hard on the, on, on the, on the fire play, the, the gameplay, you know, how it feels, which is what they ended up doing as they were making changes to the story. That's when they really honed in and made that, that gameplay, the, the tight controls and everything feel great, was after that point. And the fact that they expected a 90 a Metacritic after putting out that story was laughable. Right. Well, I, I do think that s- screwing up the process from the beginning is what led to the entire mess that they encountered afterward. I, I'd like to believe that if there was a little bit more attention made towards the story how the game was being developed from the beginning and not kind of a surprise thing a month before release. You may have 
had less of a an issue when it came to the stories that we've read about the composer, about writers leaving, about non-writers being involved in the story process. It's one big mess. And I think they, they put themselves in that position. Now, admittedly, I I see that they're doing what they can to try and solve those problems. And I do think that it's a better game than what we had. But it also makes me wonder what the game really could have been if it weren't for all of this. I definitely think that there would have been way more content had they stuck to the original story and the original progression and just made it more open world and connected. The the engine suffers now because of... This is just my opinion. The reason they're having such issues with the engine now is because all these, these separate levels that were once separate and not interconnected are now connected. And when you try to render all these different things that were once separate but now connected, it makes for... It puts a lot of strain on an engine that wasn't made to handle that. It was made to handle smaller areas that were still large, but smaller areas compared to the entire thing. And I, I because of the direction, again, it goes back to what what I was saying. Like, if if they wanted such large levels or a giant open world, management should have been there from the beginning. Said. Is this engine gonna operate? Is, is this engine gonna be able to render all this, all these different things? No. Well, we, we need to optimize it. We need to make changes to the engine at this point in time, in the beginning, not several months down the line when they realize, okay, let's go ahead and see what, what we got here. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh, 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 oh no. Now, and you know what the funny thing was at first when I was I, when I was reading about this, I was kind of upset because I'm like, see, the dreadnought was ready. This was ready. That was ready. All of these things were ready, you know, in September 2013. Well, not ready, ready, not 100% polished, but the assets for the dreadnought. The dreadnought was created. You know, I'm pretty sure they had to go back over and add some things, take some things away, add some polish, all that stuff. Well, oh, they changed the dreadnought. The the way that. I can confirm that what the Dreadnought is now compared to how it was before is completely different. Okay. But there's still a lot of these things were ready, and it doesn't take another year and a half to remake a Dreadnought. To, to remake an area, I should say. It doesn't take that long. So if they really wanted to get it in the game by September of 2014, they could have. Or even by December of 2014, or, you know, May of 2015, they could have been in there. But... Like I said, the funny thing was, at first I was mad, but then I was like, well, no, they couldn't do it, because now they had to reorganize the entire game, and if they would have just shoehorned every, this, all the same stuff in there, it would have been even worse. It actually gave me a little bit more of an understanding of why we got the, the, the DLCs the way we did. Because they, you know, yeah, sure, they had the stuff, they had the ideas, they had a lot of the assets, um, particularly like, you know, textures and, you know, enemy types, things like that. But at the same time, if they would have just rushed and like stuffed it all into this box, the game could have come out much worse than it actually did. Mm-hmm. So it gave me a little bit more of an understanding. But at the same time, uh, it's like, yeah, lots of mismanagement there. And they are definitely still getting used to their relationship with Activision. I think Activision did repurpose one developer. Not repurpose them, but like they put them on... 
High Moon Studios. Yeah, High Moon Studios the job to help Bungie out, and I'm just kind of like, eh. High Moon's only really put out one game that I enjoyed, and that was Transformers War for Cybertron. Um, and then the sequel to that wasn't that great, and then they put out another sequel to that, and that wasn't that great. So I'm not necessarily a High Moon fan. Um, but you know, they did repurpose High Moon to help out with that, kind of like they did with Sledgehammer and Treyarch for Call of Duty. But if you know, like, you know, basically Activision will give Call of Duty whatever it needs to succeed. Okay? That's their cash cow. That's their cash cow. They really didn't do the same thing with Bungie. They they probably didn't have any, anything with, going on with High Moon or nothing that, that important. So they repurposed them. But if this was Microsoft, Microsoft would have given Bungie everything. They would have given Bungie all of, any resource they need. You need more time? No problem. You need more money? No problem. How many studios do you need to do your junk work? We will get them for you. You know, they'll, they'll do all that. I will say this. Because of the... the Bungie's biggest strength with its, with its relationship with Activision isn't so much Activision itself. It's Blizzard. Um, the concept that they wanted for the game Seemed to be very much in line with a an MMO style game, and who better but Blizzard to help provide concepts and ideas for an MMO style game? Now you can argue, oh, this is a better MMO. Let, let's let's be honest. Blizzard has the most successful MMO. They know what works in terms of economy and whatnot, and what doesn't work. So if I wanted an MMO style shooter. Bungie already knows pretty well what to do with regards to first-person shooters. I didn't say balance it, but in terms of, of a first-person shooter, they have a solid footing. If they wanted the MMO side, they would have gone to someone with MMO experience to help them with regards to that. In fact, in the article, people from Diablo 3 went over to Bungie during the whole Dark Below phase, um, when they were working on Dark Below, with with how they should go in terms of direction and it made a giant it, it helped them organize um house of wolves which to be fair wasn't a very good expand uh, dlc but it did set the fruits for what was going to happen with regards to taking king um they also talk about the the dark below and how they only had nine weeks to basically put dark below together which is why Which it is sucked why, balls. Exactly. Yep. That's not men's words here. Yeah, it it it, it was it was it was a garbage. Um, it was a garbage. In in fact, I I will say this: it was garbage looking and garbage feeling. Uh, that raid is not a pleasing raid to look at, and it looks kind of cheap in some areas. Right. Um. So. The fact that it only took them nine weeks to put together... Well, it took them nine weeks. And that's why it felt so bare-bones and so very... Uh, like, what the hell were you doing? I'm, I'm pretty sure that led to them delaying House of Wolves from that March release all the way to May. Yeah. And, and, and now we're going to... Because of all those struggles in the, in the first year, hopefully, hopefully... They get their shit together and, and they put together a, a better game because of their experience uh, in the past. But I got to be honest, I, the biggest concerning thing for me in, in that whole article 
wasn't so much the story because I had a feeling that at a certain point, when you get rid of people who aren't on board with the current theme or whatever that you have, you're eventually going to bring in people who are on board with that theme, and you will get the story straightened out. The biggest thing that concerns me is that engine, and I really, really hope and pray that they get that shit together because the fact that it takes eight hours to put together something to move a certain item to the right two inches is very concerning. Well, yeah, it's more of a time, just a time-waste thing. It, it's time and money that go into mm-hmm. that, and if they were to fix that, they'd have more time and money to put elsewhere, you know? Right. Maybe more time and money to put into QA, more time and money to build in new features. You know, I I keep hearing like you know you you'll hear them say that oh well we're learning, like that's great, but you're learning on my dime, <laughs> like and you're not a Bungie isn't a new developer, Bungie isn't a new developer, Bungie is the is is the company that made first person shooters viable on console. You know. GoldenEye was an anomaly. GoldenEye was probably the first person shooter on a console that didn't feel like complete shit. You know? And it was an anomaly. Because uh, after that, you know, you didn't have that many great shooters that, uh, with the console, I mean... After- Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. Oh, sorry, I have a problem. <laughs> you had Perfect Dark. You had even like you know when the Dreamcast came out, you had Unreal Tournament, which is a phenomenal PC shooter, terrible for consoles. You had a couple of first person shooters for Dreamcast that just weren't that great. But then here comes Bungie on the Xbox with Halo, and that's what made Halo incredible. Not just the, you know the story, but and the gameplay, but the, like the way it, it, the controls worked. Like it actually felt good to play a first person shooter on a console. When normally it doesn't. Normally it's something you say it away. So they're not a new developer. They've been around for a long time. You know, if this was like a newly formed company, you know, maybe a couple years old, first game, or this might be their second game, sure. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, okay. You, you know, as a, as a company, so we're together. But they are arguably made one of the greatest first person shooters of all time. You know, and that you can't come back to me and say, oh, well, we're, we're learning. It's not like you don't have other examples to look through it's not like you couldn't hire developers you know some some other developers who have worked on mmo projects who have worked with dungeon crawls that's what Dun- destiny is a mix between first person shooter dungeon crawling and, and mmo that's those are the three elements that you get when you put that de- that, that comprise destiny and you can you could have plucked other developers from different places with a 500 million dollar budget to help them with this game and getting things right the first time you know, and they 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 really didn't do that. But you know, and but the, I blame upper management on that. They didn't focus their their efforts, and they didn't focus their resources. That's true. I and mean, Bungie, they, I one thing that could have been true, they could have been getting used to the workflow. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I guess it's all for the best <laughs> because. Um, they, they they obviously didn't want to work on Halo anymore. I think it showed in the pa- in the last two Halo games they did, which was ODST and Reach, that they did that they their heart wasn't in Halo anymore. And now you know they had this this great idea, um, a, for this this expanding fantastic first person shooter that's gonna make you feel legendary, and they just didn't execute on it. Doesn't mean they'll never execute on it. 
I, you know, I, uh, I know what people listen to this podcast. They think I fucking hate Bungie. They think I hate everything about Bungie, and I don't want them to succeed. And that's not true. That's not true. I want Bungie to make an awesome first-person shooter. I want Bungie to make the best first-person shooter of all time. Because I'll buy it, I'll play it, and I'll enjoy it. You know, that's what I want. But they're not doing it. But they're still asking me for greatest of all time money, and I don't appreciate that. That's where my uh, my my uh, problem comes in. That they're asking for goat money, but they're not giving me a goat game. You know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and then we have three of three for three working on Halo, and they definitely have been doing a good job with it. So I said it's probably for the best the way things have happened, and you know, I hope they do learn from their mistakes. But stop making me pay for it. That's what I want. <laughs> you know, stop making me pay for your mistakes. And I think, I don't know, that's, that's, that's a sentiment that I think echoes across the Destiny community in some, in some cases. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure that, that'll be your, your final thought. Uh, Waldy, what are your final thoughts on, on this? On, on, on the entire podcast? Uh, well, you know, I think a lot of what I've said earlier can be linked to my final thoughts really of uh not i'm not getting the enjoyment that i used to have with the game and maybe it's because i'm getting to the point now where everything is very much more raid related uh there isn't as much uh, of interest for me to do and i certainly have said in the past that the crucible, what used to be one of my favorite parts of the game, is not anymore. And the reason why I'm been playing, and even when I took a week off, the main thing that I missed was really the camaraderie of playing with other people. Not necessarily playing the game, but just the the party part of the game. And that's now ha- not how I want it to be. Now, maybe just from playing really hard um, for probably the last couple months has led me to be a little bit more tired of the game. I'm not sure. But I want to see more out of the game. I want to see... Um, let's get rid of some of the bugs. Let's get rid of some of the the really frustrating portion of the, the RNG. Um, that's the kind of stuff that's driving me away from the game, really. I, I've even started to think about, well, what other games are out? And I'm normally not like that. I usually stick to one game a year. And I've, it used to be Call of Duty. And that doesn't happen anymore. But it'll be interesting to see what happens when they start releasing more updates more regularly to see what they're going to offer us. I want to see where that goes. Let's see if that brings back some of uh, the originality and and some of the uniqueness of, of this game. We'll go from there, but ultimately I do want to see more and I, I want to want to have more fun with it. And You've probably noticed, even when playing with me recently after like finishing a raid, I think one time you you asked me, um, were you disappointed with what was dropped? And I really just thought, no, it's just, I did the raid just to get it done. 
<laughs> I don't mm-hmm. expect anything out of it anymore because I've been disappointed so many times. So, yeah, we'll see where this goes. Uh, I hope it gets better. And I hope they're able to, to figure out uh, some of the things that uh, that we're having issues with. And ultimately, there will be a better game around the corner. It's it's still improving. It's still better than what we had. But I still think that there's there's a ways to go. All right. Uh, my final thoughts are take a cue from Nintendo, guys. I'm talking to Bungie. Take a cue from Nintendo and some of their games and how they deal with secret items and stuff. And maybe implement that. It might make make for a more enjoyable experience where you go to a secret area to get a certain item. And just instead of you saying, oh, a quest is available today to get this exotic, use the actual quest to communicate that message. You're not being clear enough with these quests or providing quests in general, which is weird because at the beginning we were swarmed with quests And now we hardly use these quests to identify different things that, you know, might be interesting. Use these quests to lead us to a path to get an exotic. You don't have to give us everything from Jump Street and say, this is what you do first, and then this is what you do first. Point out, there is a a beacon ringing from Mars at a specific area. Investigate it. And then from there have it branch out of different things like oh you get the beacon all of a sudden there's this boss you know they don't really use these bosses they don't really use bosses in general in this game which is a shame because they they could provide some great boss experiences in different areas imagine fighting a uh, an invisible minotaur boss in the in the dark area of mars where you where you only have that flashlight from the ghost it was fun with Alakul, where you where you're in the darkness for some strange reason, and the ghost is, doesn't decide to come on. But that's beside the point. Um, but it would be cool if you're fighting an, another enemy in the dark who's invisible, and you have to rely on sound cues and whatnot. It, it, just take that extra step, Bungie, and, and deliver a better experience that, to be honest, doesn't take that much. Just more ingenuity. Yeah, you mentioned the sunless cell. It's it's actually one of my favorite strikes, and and you know some people have favorites because they think it's easy. Some people um, they'll have favorites for different reasons. It's one of my favorites, and and it can be a very tough strike, particularly when you're you're in there to, to try and complete this the sword bounty. But it's different from everything else in the game. From every other boss. It's completely different. And that's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if it's hard. Uh, or it takes a while to complete. But it's different from everything else we have to fight. Everything else is. Oh, is it headshot or is it somewhere in the stomach? Alright, it's one of those. Watch out. He's got a shield. Uh, you pick up the routine. And, and, and that's it. The Sunless Cell Strike is so much more interesting than than much of the game because someone actually thought hey what if everything is let's make things different let's let's take away the the idea that they can see what's going on 
uh, let's make it a surprise that he can just show up right behind you. Uh, in the meanwhile, having those ads. It's one of my favorite parts of the game. I would like to see more of that. Mm-hmm. And with that, I want to thank you for listening to In Orbit Episode 10. Uh, a couple of different places where you can hear us at. You can hear us on SoundCloud. You can hear us on iTunes, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, and Pocket Cast. While you're also listening to us, be aware that there's also different shows that we have available on the Mash Shows Buttons Network. We have Double Tap, your fighting game resource, which is the first week of every month. We have WoW uh, Talk, which is every other week. Uh, and then we also have Mash Cash. Mask. It's okay. It's a little difficult, I know. We have Mash Cast, which shows up every Monday, uh, and I am an occasional host on that. Uh, different places where you can get us. We are on Twitter at MTB site. Uh, I'm available on Twitter. I actually changed it recently. You can find me on go to NRG. That's the letters G O, the number two, N as in Nancy, R as in Roger, G as in Gogurt. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we are also on Facebook.com slash mash those buttons, and we're also on YouTube.com slash mash those buttons. Ja, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at underscore Ja underscore, so underscore J-A-A underscore. Mm-hmm. And Waldy, you can find him in-game, wrecking people up. And I wanted to go ahead and say thank you to everybody who submitted uh, those, uh, those images. We got a winner. They will be notified soon. And until next time, Guardians, see you later. 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 <laughs>